Hello, everybody. This is Jesse and Jerry V. And this is our podcast to give you updates about our ministry, the church planting that's going on in Italy,、uh, updates about our life, what's going on, and informing you of different ways that you can get involved in what we're doing as the Lord is working through us in Italy. Thanks for listening. Today, I wanted to bring a brief exhortation for you guys.、Uh, those of you who are supporters, following us, involved in what we're doing, wanting to know what's going on.、Um, this exhortation comes from a Bible study that、uh, I led, a series actually, through our Friday night gatherings in the home、uh, as we're beginning the new church plant in Colnayano. So, as you guys are praying for us, you also are involved in this. As you guys are giving, you also are involved in this church plant. Great work. And it just seems right to take a minute, a, sh- a brief moment here on our. During our downtime today, to、uh, let you guys also hear in on a little bit of what,、uh, what is going on at the church plan in regards to、uh, what we're teaching at the moment.、Uh, this happens to be a subject that is absolutely、uh, fundamental, life changing. At least it was that way for me, and I've seen it that way for many other people also.、Uh, very important because it helps us understand who we are in Jesus Christ, who we were, first of all, and then who. We became. To have fruitful church planning, to do good gospel ministry, you have to understand、uh, who you were and then what you have become. And I would say, even to be a, a, a Christian that hears when Jesus returns or when you go to be with him, well done, good and faithful servant, you need to understand these particular concepts of who you have become, who you actually are in Christ. You can't really fulfill the high calling that Christ has given you if you don't quite grasp. These things. So, one reason why we're starting off with these particular uh, uh, studies in, in Colnayana with the other guys is because some of them I want to make sure we're all on the same page. We all understand these things clearly. Also, I want to make sure the, the new believer and his sister, who's about right there converting,、um, is understanding clearly what the gospel is and what it's not from the beginning, understanding their identity also from the beginning so they can bear fruit from the beginning of their Christian walk and then move forward, continuing to bear more. Uh, so, there's just a, a whole lot here. And the first topic that we're going to hit today, real quick, is the idea that、uh, all non believers, all non Christians, those who are not born of the Spirit of God, are actually slaves. Slaves to sin, slaves to Satan himself, slaves to death,、um, and in bondage, not able to do the will of God, not able to please God. God,、uh, living entirely in the flesh, understanding life only in one way, and whether they realize it or not, they are a slave. A non believer is a slave. So, a quick、uh, couple of verse references we can look at for this to understand this idea what does it mean that we're a slave, and to understand then how that's important to understand we were actually slaves, okay, and now we're actually what?、Uh, so, the idea, real quick, just to give it to you right away. We were slaves and we've been made free. But you can't appreciate freedom if you don't understand the reality of what it means to be a slave. If you understand well what you were as a slave and then you're given freedom, that freedom has precious, precious value to you. So the first verse we'll look at is in John 8, verse 34. The Lord Jesus himself in his ministry preaching and he says, What does he say? Verse 34 Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of. Of sin. What is Jesus saying here? Everyone on the earth is, has sin. And therefore, as a consequence, everyone on this earth is a slave to sin. If you are not yet born again, if you are not regenerated by the Holy Spirit, 
you are a slave whether you realize it or not. You cannot do things that please God. You cannot freely come to God either for forgiveness or for salvation because you are bound to slave, held captive by it. You sin naturally. It's part of your nature before you are born again. He who sins is a slave to sin. We are slaves to sin from our birth. This is a profound and strong, important reality of the gospel. Another quick verse reference. If you flip real quick, you don't have to just listen. That's the benefit of these kinds of things. Romans 6, uh, what do we got? Verse 23, what does that say? Uh, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And then the good part comes after, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are a sinner. All of us are born sinners. As a consequence, we're slaves to sin. As a consequence of being a slave to sin, what does he say here? Death comes. The wages of sin is death. The result, the consequence of sin is death is a sure thing. If you remain in sin, you too will perish, said Jesus another time. It's the consequence of sin. So we're all slaves also to death. In Hebrews, we read that we were born slaves to death. One day or another, it's going to come to us. Death, no one can escape it unless he's born again. Then he will live forever. Uh, In Romans 3, we read over and over the reality of what it means to be a slave to sin, to be a slave to death, etc. And uh, when we read these things in here... The idea that no one is righteous, not even one. Why? Because you all have sin and therefore you're slaves to sin and slaves to death and and so on. Uh, There is no one who understands, we read in Romans 3. Why does no one understand? Because slaves to sin. And what what does sin often do to us? Mostly, uh, it, it blinds us to the reality of life. I read a great thing by Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorites, just the other day. And he was talking or he was writing about, I shouldn't, he wasn't talking or writing. I, I read what he wrote and it said, um, if we could actually see sin for what it is, truly. And he's talking at the moment, he's, he was writing to non-believers to convince them why they need Jesus Christ. He mentioned if we could see sin really for what it is, the, the foulness of it, the, where it takes us, death, corruption. If we could see sin for what it really is, the gravity of it. We would leave every sin we know of as quick as possible, and we would run as quick as possible with our arms wide open, jumping into the open arms of Jesus Christ for salvation. We would not try to find a way to get away from Jesus Christ if we could see sin. And the issue, we can't see sin because we're slaves to it and we're blinded by it. Sin blinds us to the reality of God. No one understands. No one who seeks for God. There is no such thing as a God seeker unless the Spirit of God Himself is drawing that person unto Him. Otherwise, no one, without the work of the Holy Spirit, grace, no one on this planet would look for God, would seek God. Why? Because he's a slave to sin, held captive by, as we'll see in a moment, Satan even, to do his will. All have turned aside. Why? Because they're slaves to sin. They have together become useless. Why? Because they are slaves to sin. This is the reality of the non-believer. This was your reality before you were made new in Jesus Christ. No one who does good, not even one, we read in Romans 3. And on and on he goes with things like that. That's reality because of this idea of being a slave to sin. I mentioned already that we're slaves to something else. Flip real quickly, we will, to Second Timothy. Profound, profound lesson also here. Uh, Second Timothy, 
chapter 2, verses 24 to 26. The apostle giving exhortations to younger Timothy about ministry, about how to execute ministry, how to live that out, how to bear fruit in his life as a Christian, and in particular, Louis as a church, him as a church planter. I'm sorry, I'm switching into Italian a little bit on you there. The Lord's bondservant must not, what does it say? The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged. with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps this is the key part, God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Not only are unbelievers today slaves to sin, but they are held captive by the devil to do his will. They cannot do the will of God. They cannot desire. They cannot do it even if they wanted to because they're held captive by their sin and Satan himself to do his will. Slaves to the enemy. This is so profound, so important. must understand if you will ever bear fruit for Jesus in your life. If we go back real quick to Romans 6, uh, last point here in, in regards to this. Romans 6, verse 16. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death? or of obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms, he says in verse 19, because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members to sla- as slaves to impurity, to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification. And the outcome, eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. And here we see the the beautiful transition that happens. When you're born again, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, trusting only in Him, and you leave your sins believing in Him, you have eternal life. You are made new, given a new nature, a new heart, and you are no longer a slave to sin, a slave to death, a slave to Satan. But now, you're a slave in the best way possible, a slave of righteousness, of Jesus Christ Himself. He will not let you go. He owns you. He purchased you. You belong to Him. We are His people, and we are free of sin. We still sin. It's, it's part of our flesh. It will always be trying to get us to sin, but we're no longer slaves to it. It is not our master. Jesus is. And only in this reality, only in this power, 
Can we bear fruit as Christians? And can we live and have to see churches planted that will continue to reach out to more and more people? Lastly, as, uh, as we meditate on that thought for now, we'll have two more of these also coming up in the following weeks, uh, sharing with you little by little some of the things we're looking at in the group gatherings on Fridays. But this particular reality, uh, these three things that we're going to look at of what we were and what we've become have importance not just because it helps us to be who we are in Christ and bear fruit and, and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, but it also is the only and one of the main ways that helps us to avoid pride in our life. If you think you were free before and you willingly chose Jesus Christ as your Savior and you came to Him and good are you, whether you want to or not, you're proud. The Lord is against those who are proud and gives grace instead to the humble. Remember that. So if you want to avoid pride, you need to understand these things. Super important. That you were a slave, but now you're free. The second thing that this this you get out of this and why it's fundamental for you, for me, in bearing fruit is it, it, uh, it will help us to avoid discouragement in our walk with Jesus. How many times have you spoken about Jesus? How many of you tried to evangelize somebody and they just weren't interested? They didn't care. They said you're a fool. They laughed at you. They made fun of you. They persecuted you. Quickly, we can be discouraged as humans. But when we understand this reality here that the person you're talking to is a slave to sin, a slave to the enemy, unless something supernatural happens and the Spirit brings him to life, he can't be but what he is. Of course he'll make fun of you. Of course he won't understand you. Of course you'll want to be discouraged. But be encouraged by this because you know it's not up to you to save other people. That's the work of God. Do your part with all your heart and pray and, and wait upon the Lord to change someone's heart and life. It's his work. Jesus is the Savior, not you, not me. So it helps us avoid being proud. It helps us avoid being discouraged. The common temptation here in Italy would be to be discouraged. Because uh, it's not like everyone's running out of the way to come find Jesus at this time in history in Italy. Uh, most reject him. Uh, a, th- a third thing we get out of this that's important. It makes you humble and useful to God. Jesus is not looking for people who know what they're doing, who think they're really good, etc. Jesus needs humble servants who recognize to serve the Lord, to do the kingdom work. It's out of our hands. It's beyond our ability. But we trust in him. We lean on him, the vine, and he will bear fruit by living through us as we humble ourselves. If you don't understand this concept that you are a slave, literally, in the eyes of Jesus, you are a slave to the enemy, a slave to sin and death, and it's by His grace that you've been set free, His work, it's hard for you to be humble, and therefore it's hard for you to be useful to the Lord. Lastly, this should give you courage when you understand this reality. It'll give you courage to joyfully and boldly and winsomely proclaim the gospel with zeal and expectation that the Holy Spirit will transform someone's life. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ and His glory. And when you understand that you were a slave before, and the person you're talking to about the gospel is currently a slave, but you understand that you've been set free, you know that person can be set free also. And you're courageous to boldly proclaim, the Savior is at work. So hopefully this is an encouragement to you guys. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you are in Jesus Christ, you were a slave before. Now you're a slave to Him, bound to Him forever because He loves you and will never let you go. And rejoice. Use your freedom, your liberty to serve the Lord. And if you're not in Jesus Christ, I exhort you to be in Jesus Christ. Confess your sin to the Lord. Recognize He's giving you breath every day. Surrender yourself to Him. Repent and believe in Him for true life and salvation. Be free 
in the truest sense, in Jesus Christ, who is freedom itself. Love you guys. God bless you. Till the next time. Ciao, ciao. Thanks again for listening. For more information about our church planting ministry in Italy, you can visit us at practicalmissions.com. Thanks again. God bless. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.